Hello and welcome to the Unbound Woman podcast. My name is Neve Ryan and I am your host. I am an embodiment and empowerment coach who focuses on the menstrual cycle, your womb space, your sexuality and your sensuality. Each week, my guests and I will provide you with an episode that is just so juicy. It will make you go, mmm, ah, oh my god, fuck, and yes. So now that I have your attention, let's jump on in. And just you remember, it's my pleasure. Hello, welcome back my sexy minxes to another episode of the Unbound Woman podcast and I'm so excited for this week. I have just come through my bleed. I'm on day three, four, sorry, I'm on day four. So really kind of feeling very much alive again. Um, You know, I can really feel the change in myself and, you know, the energy levels are starting to come back. So I'm also trying to be very cautious of that, that I don't run before I can walk um but feeling really really good and there's a lot flowing through there's a lot of ideas there's a lot of things that are going to be upcoming over the next few months actually and if anybody is interested in anything that's going to be coming over the next few months I would advise to pop onto my website link is in the bio of the podcast and sign up for my newsletter or join the WhatsApp community that's there um, because they're the first people to get my notifications at all times. That's including my discounts, you know, um, early bird offers, that kind of stuff because there's a lot coming and you're going to see a lot more of me, not, well, a, a lot more regularly or as regularly as you're seeing me now. Um, but yeah, I'm really just excited. Um, I have a lot coming through for myself, a lot of lessons have been learned over the last few months Um, for anyone who's listening to this kind of in real time I've just come through the Lion Gate portal and that was a really beautiful and potent portal energetically a lot of downloads came in for me around different creations and really wanting to show up and share which again doesn't surprise me because I'm a Leo rising and we like to be seen. Mm, so juicy um but yeah apart from that there's no real life update um feeling good you know just settling here again in Galway it's been a year now since we've moved so it's really interesting to feel how quickly that year went by um and to just kind of look back on it and stuff but yeah for me I really think that you know, a lot's going to change over the next few months. It's really, really exciting and I really can't wait. Um, But today, let's get on to today's podcast. So today's podcast, I want to talk about things that helps me to reignite my sexuality. Um, I'm going to give you the tips or the like the main things, the core things that really brought me back home to my own sexuality and my raw sexuality, but also my sexual energy because sexuality and sexual energy are actually two different things. So sexuality is how you like to engage in sex. It is kind of like your erotic blueprint, okay? Um, it is how you like to be touched, how you like to feel, what you're attracted to, what gives you the ick, as people call it, or as I say, what you don't like. We can just use words. Um, you know, these kind of stuff, like, you know, what what we're wanting to expand to in sexually. 
that's how I see it. And then sexual energy, again, is is life force energy, right? As I've said before in previous podcasts, we were created from sexual energy, right? It is creation energy. It is desire. It's what drives us. It's what motivates us. It's what keeps us going when we feel like there's no no more in the tank right so it's that energy and it's um when we hear sexual energy i think people just think about sex and that's not the truth the truth is actually that it is really potent for us to engage with our sexual energy on so many different levels right so if we take away even the word sexual energy and call it desire that instantly changes our relationship to it, right? But it's it's effectively the same thing. It's life force energy. But if we see it as desire, how much more desire and joy and excitement and pleasure do you want in your life? Because they all stem from the same thing. So when you desire something, you want something, right? And that energy is so potent. And we we step forward, we do what we need, to, we take the steps that we need to to get there. We look after ourselves more, we look after, let's say, the business or the baby or whatever it is that we're currently cultivating or looking for. So sexual energy is kind of like they're intertwined, obviously, because sex is a massive part of being a human. But the other part is they're also separate. So what really reignited my connection with my sexual energy and my sexuality um, has been so many different things, but they're all things that everybody can do. There's nothing out of range for the people. So I know I spoke about this in the first podcast, but I've always had a curiosity around sex, even from like a really young age. And it was because I couldn't understand how something that was an expression of love could be so demonized by a church, right? I just couldn't understand like the idea that something that everybody has to do was so forbidden and it was a temptation and it was a no and it should only be for creating babies, right? Now, obviously that comes from sexual energy, it's creation energy, but we were effectively told, no, don't do it outside of these times. And then when you get to a certain age, you should be sleeping in separate beds, even if you're married, because just in case. And I just felt that really didn't feel true to me in so many ways. Sorry, I'm sore throat. Um, it just rang true to me. It didn't ring true to me in so many ways. And what I found really interesting over time was that I started to kind of really want to delve into certain things. So, you know, uh, media at the time, you know, I had Christina Aguilera, I had Britney Spears, there was Destiny's Child, female sexuality had come back online, right? Now it was kind of in a very distorted way, but at the time I obviously couldn't see that. And I was really interested in like how they could dance and, you know, what they were wearing and there was belly top time and it was going to, meet boys and actually I didn't really become sexually active until I was 19 Um, I didn't have sex till I was 19 years old and yeah I think my first kiss I was like 16 maybe 17 I was what you would you would classify as a late bloomer but it wasn't because I didn't want to or I was waiting for a prince or whatever stories people want to play it was just everything seemed so childish to me in the way that people were going about it because we didn't have any curriculum nobody was teaching us and i remember when i was like in my probably in my early 20s 
Fifty Shades of Grey became a big thing. Now, obviously, I had been through well my first sexual experience after at the age of nineteen, so it came after. But I remember thinking, like, there is much more to this. There's much more to female sexuality, to what we want, to what we want to explore. It's not just all about the man. It was very much like, I want to learn more about this. And I began reading from that age. I fell into podcasts about polyamory. I then went into podcasts about sex, about female sexuality and male sexuality. I was reading books around it, articles, and it was all from a very scientific approach, which I really, really loved as well. But again, I felt that there was something missing. And over the last few years, I've really started to reclaim that by looking at the energy work, looking at the trauma around things, because a lot of the science don't talk about how trauma has such an effect and it doesn't have to be sexual trauma, right? If we didn't feel safe around, you know, let's say uh, for any reason as a child, so let's say you had scarcity and lack in your family or there was a parent was missing or parents were divorced or you know you had accidentally been left in a supermarket for half an hour as a child right we start to have this issue around safety and feeling abandoned so if our body doesn't feel safe and then obviously other things accumulate by the way over time but if we can't regulate our nervous system if we can't feel safe in ourselves and all this negative messaging around sexuality it can be really difficult for us to actually cultivate correct sexual energy, but also our sexuality. Because if we're not connected to our sexuality, sexual energy, we're not connected to our sexuality fully. We are on a head level, but not on a full body level. So we need one to have the other really, um, to have the full experience, to have the full expansion. So for me, obviously I've been through my own trauma and like for various reasons and not just sexual. Um, but also then I have beliefs and patterns. I have, you know, memories of things uh, growing up, even in my teen years of things that happened and being shamed, you know, the slut shaming that goes on, that it's okay for men to do X, but not for a woman. You know, I came from the kind of age where one night stands for women have become a more regular thing. But there was still shame around that because people would have banter right about people who would express themselves in that way and what they didn't realize was they were installing something into their nervous system by actually telling them it's not okay we just don't want to say it's not okay because that's not okay anymore in society slut shaming is not okay but it still happens we see it in trials in court trials all the time where anyone who has been raped male or female are being dragged through the courts and being made they're not being seen as the victim to the crime that they are the perpetrator is almost being glorified in certain ways of like well you were wearing you were drunk you took x you took y you went back with him it's there's so much around that and i know there's a lot coming up in society around consent and i have my own thoughts on that but the other part of it is is like there is a narrative that still goes on to this day in the universe, in the whole collective that needs to be eradicated. And the only way we can do that is by actually doing the work ourselves. And what I'm seeing at the moment is a lot of disembodiment. 
a lot of people are very afraid to do this work right or they'll do the energetic part of it but they're not doing the actual work like you can go off and do a tantric workshop for all you want and you can ignore the trauma or you can just pick at what trauma you want to deal with but to actually have the full human experience we need to eradicate those beliefs so deeply within the body we need to show up for ourselves it's not about a couple having tantric sex it's not about how well you are at do at having sex it is to actually come back to the body and understand how sexual energy actually works for us so i've gone on off in a bit of a tangent there as i always do but sure this is why you're here um but i really want to talk about these beautiful ways that I was able to connect back to my sexual energy and then from there expand my sexuality. So I'm going to talk through these points. There's seven of them. So yeah, I'm going to let this go to ad break. And then when you come back, we are going to talk about these little points and hopefully it will give you some insight and give you a hand. I'm interrupting this podcast episode not only with some very sexy 70s porn music, but also to talk to you about a really sexy offering that I have for you. I've recently released Woomon, which is my new one-to-one coaching program that is created and brought to you to bring you back home to your pleasure, to your joy, to your ultimate happiness and fulfilling your own fucking desires. Any woman that has come through this program has just quantum leapt into her own motherfucking pleasure. Because guess what? Doing the healing work and the trauma release doesn't actually have to be suffering and sad and painful. It can be done through pleasure, through excitement, through so much fun. And I'm inviting you on the journey with us here today. So... If this sounds like it might be an offering for you, send me an email on neve at spiralwithneve.com or you can look me up on the website www.spiralwithneve.com and get yourself a free discovery call today to talk about what is stopping you from stepping into your happiest, your most pleasurable and your most desirable self. And I cannot wait to see you there. You were all really lucky I decided to record the second part of this podcast. <laughs> I saved it um, with the first part in it and it was like 14 minutes and 44 seconds and I was like, oh, four, four, four. But you're okay, I'm back. I wouldn't do that to you. I wouldn't leave you on a cliffhanger like that because I don't like cliffhangers. <laughs> um, clear trauma there with the unknown. Um, so yeah, I'm back to talk about our sexual energy and how igniting our sexual energy will also have an impact on our sexuality and expanding our sexuality, right? And what we feel safe enough to delve into and to speak about what we really fucking like, right? Because a part of this is learning to decide what we do and don't like or what we're willing to try, you know, bring out our kinks, bring out our pleasure, you know? So the first thing that really, really helped me was broadening my awareness. A lot of people call this the healing work, but I think that's been an overused word. I think people are fed up of it. What I like to call it is self-awareness, or you can call it self-development or growth, whatever, whatever bougie word you want to use this week. Um, 
for me, broadening my awareness around how I saw or how I did things has been such a massive eye opener for lack of um, better terminology has been such a massive opener for me because it has allowed me to see the reflections in past selves, in reactions, in beliefs, in patterns, in narratives that I've had. So like, you know, a lot of people talk about doing the work and just being and all this kind of stuff. And my thing is, you know, there's a part of it where you kind of have to put in the effort. You know, there, there is a massive part of it where you have to be like, right, I have to put in the effort here to understand what's going on at this time of day or when that person said something or what's going on in my body, X, Y, and Z. And what I want people to understand is that the way you have sex is a direct reflection of how you live your life and how you live your life is going to have a direct reflection in your sex. Okay, now that's whether that's self-pleasure with you, sex with a partner, sex with, you know, a one night stand, whatever it is, it's going to have a direct reflection. So if you find that you can't switch off during sex and you can't actually find pleasure or come to a peak state, as they call it, if you can't get yourself to a peak state because you're in your head, there is something being reflected to you there. And more than likely, I'll probably making an assumption but i can guarantee for a lot of people it's going to be the same the fact is that you can't switch off and be present you're constantly thinking of the next thing constantly next job next goal next week next month next year you have a calendar that's booked out from a to z right and you're constantly thinking about oh when this is over i have to do x y and z you can't be present with your partner now that also can bring up feelings of lack of unworthiness. It can be lack of not feeling deserving or lack of safety, right? So there's a few things that can stem from that, but this is just like the smaller analogies that can help you start to question yourself and then bring you into asking these questions. Another part of it could be that if you're faking orgasms, right? Have you ever asked yourself why? Now, for a lot of people, I know it's a fawn response or people-pleasing. And if you're people-pleasing in sex, the more than likely you're people-pleasing in life. Again, this comes from wherever within our lives, within our childhood or our teenhood or as an adult, whatever it is, that is running through the nervous system. So self-awareness, self-growth, self-development, healing work, whatever you want to call it, is actually about learning and broadening your perception of yourself. It's about questioning, actually. It's the only thing that it is. It's questioning why you why you do something. So if you see yourself maybe as a computer for people who are struggling with this, a computer, when you buy it, comes preloaded with certain software, right? We don't know why we have it. We just know that it makes the computer run a certain way, okay? You can then add apps on that do certain things that you want them to do. But the underlying thing is that the computer runs a certain way. Let's say your computer does something naturally that you don't want it to do. To change that because it has been pre-programmed to do it that way is a lot harder than just uninstalling an app that you're aware of because you loaded it on. 
okay or choosing to turn off that app or choosing to change the app right when we have preloaded software it is so much harder so we became preloaded software right no matter what way you look at it whether you have a belief in us our nervous system forming in the womb whether you have um a belief that within the first four five six years are the most predetermined for a child it doesn't matter we end up with pre-programmed software from a young age okay so we're like a computer so there are certain things that we are aware of quicker because we remember the event and there's stuff that we deep dive into and we realize actually that comes from x y and z could be a past life it could be as i said it comes from a parent it could come from a school teacher it could come from something that happened when you were two years old you had a fall you know or if your parents accidentally which has happened not to me um but you know parents have accidentally left their kids behind in a shopping center or their kids have run off or they turned their back and they didn't follow their parent and then realized they're, they're lost and all of a sudden they have abandonment issues right it could be something so simple as that it wasn't purposely done okay but this is software that runs in the background and by broadening our awareness we can see what software is having an effect on us as sexual beings like you know the church religions have had such a huge um impact on how we see ourselves sexually but also just in general as we are as people you know this we have to suffer that's a religious belief you know um the way women are seen in society, a lot of that came from religious conditioning. So we want to bring that back around and see where that's playing out in our lives. And if you can't see it in your life, look at it in your sex life. How have you, since you became sexually active, allowed certain beliefs to come through, right? So for me, this self-awareness has really, really helped. And I've been able to see mirrors of myself in past situations, in current situations. Um, you know, in life, I can use my life to see it reflected in sex. I can see sex reflected in life. And as we start broadening our awareness around this and broadening our awareness around ourselves in the universe, we start to connect then to ourselves. And as we start to clear these narratives and beliefs, we start to feel freer in ourselves. We start to feel more like ourselves. Okay. And this begins to ignite our sexual energy because we have to start looking at what we do like that's not been told to us oh you like pink because you're a girl how many women have sat there and watched that and like i know there's a big thing around the barbie stuff right now but like barbie right barbie was pink in terms of like clothing most of her stuff was pink that subconsciously was done to tell women you like the color pink right so so many of us have this idea that we love the color pink and so many of us don't actually like it when you look at it. You know, maybe it's a sultry red, maybe it's a, a deeper pink, maybe it's a purple color, maybe it's blue, maybe it's green, maybe you like all colors. I'm one of those people, you know, you find beauty in it all, but it's something so simple and we begin to know ourselves. And from there, we can start to expand on what we do want and speaking out what we want and realizing it's not abnormal that we have we are just deconditioning from the conditioning that's happened so that's one of my first things that i really work on and i will be working on that till the day i probably die because i just love understanding how i operate as a person the second one is i worked with mirror work 
So mirror work was very important for me. And I believe I ask all of my clients to try with mirror work. Now it's a very triggering thing, but it could be so much fun, right? Don't take yourself too seriously when you sit in the mirror. You don't want to. Um, but for me, mirror work was such a massive connection back to my body. And from somebody who had been so disconnected from her body because of what she had put her body through, I just disconnected from the pain, from the numbness, from all emotions. And from there, I had obviously done quite a lot of damage and put my body through things that I probably shouldn't have. And now that I'm more conscious around it and I've looked at that, I wanted to reconnect with my body. I want to love my body where it's at right now. Okay. Now, obviously, everybody everybody in this world can make a change, right? A healthier option, a healthier change for themselves. There's nobody out there who's perfect. And anybody who does claim to be it, run, right? Run to the fucking hills. But my body connection has been a massive part of my journey and coming back to my body. And the very beautiful way that I've done this is through mirror work, is through sitting in the mirror. Now, for the first while, like, I know a lot of counsellors will say sit in the mirror and say things to yourself. Yes, I believe in that. And that did work for some some of it for me. But actually just sitting in the mirror and watching myself move. Sitting in the mirror and sipping a cup of cacao and just being there. And for the first while I had pyjamas on. And still some days I still have clothes on. And other days I feel like, no, I want to bear it all. Or, you know, have yourself a little striptease, you know. Um, as I said, don't take yourself too seriously. Dance in the mirror. Sit there and dance or, like, laugh at yourself, right? Don't take ourselves too seriously, but also just look at your body and look how it moves and appreciate where it's come from. But we can only do that when we take time to look at it. Take time to actually touch it and connect it and when it's being reflected back to us it's hard not to see the parts that we don't like okay because so many of us will get out of the shower and we just won't we just won't look at it and for the first while in the mirror I didn't I wouldn't look at the parts that I couldn't I couldn't look at or I would for a second and then I'd look away at something I did love but now most mornings if I sit in front of that mirror I feel so much better and it's not every day that I feel amazing, right? I might feel crap after a while, but at the time I felt really good. And this is why mirror work is so important because not only can you connect with your body, you can connect with everything through it. You connect with your pleasure through it. You can connect with your eyes, with your shadow work, what's coming up for me. You can actually see what mood you're in. You can like, you can actually see it on your face. You can see if your jaw is being held too tight or where you're sitting. Are you sitting proudly? Are you sitting slumped over? You know, and you're more likely to want to sit up straight as well. Or if you're not, it's going to reflect something. You'll be like, oh, that's interesting. So it was a big, big part for me to really learn to love myself. And I can't, I cannot recommend it more. And if you're listening to this in real time, next week on the 16th of august i'm actually doing a mirror work session Um, it's going to be live i'm also going to record it so if you're listening to this at a later date you can buy it on my podia so i'm going to pop the link in the bio down here for you because i really really think that it will be really important for you to learn to connect with yourself and it's also going to be a bit of fun right let's not take ourselves too seriously 
Um, and if you're in Galway, um, again, if you're listening to this in real time, I have Into Me UC, which is a workshop where we are going to connect with our body centrally and also do some mirror work as well. So feel free to buy your ticket. It's on Eventbrite and it's on my Instagram. Also, the link is in the bio. A third thing that really, really helped me connect back to my sexual energy was my movement practices. So not only did this help me connect back to my body, so a lot of this has helped me connect back to my body, even the mirror work, and how that has heightened sexual energy and my sexuality is that by loving and connecting to your body, we are innate sexual beings, right? We are grounded when we're in our bodies. When we are connected to our bodies, we are more likely to flow from our body, to listen to our body. And from there, we can really feel, oh, like, I get it now. I can feel my body. I feel sexual. I have desires, right? And again, one of these things is movement. So, and this can be any movement practice, okay? So going from like walking and just connecting to your five senses, right? Or yoga, yoga really helped me because of the breath work within it was able, I was able to like pull through a lot of my energy and root down and connect with my sacral um, and really pull that in. Um, Dancing, dancing has been a really big one and somatic work. So you'll see videos of me up on Instagram dancing, but I actually also do slow somatic movement, which I start off sometimes in my mirror or I really feel into the body and be like, Ooh, what wants to be moved? What needs to be stretched? Okay, my hips, right? What's sitting in my hips? You know, do I go from just some yoga poses into shaking my hips, maybe twerking? Maybe this arm wants to move, it wants to feel longer. Maybe I just want to like move it up and down and touch it. Maybe I want to like just shake my whole body and let it, let it loose, whatever it is. By learning to move the body, how the body wants to be moved and listening to the intuition of the body by being connected to it. We allow our natural, sexual, sexy being to come through, right? We learn that over time. So the first while it's going to feel awkward, right? You might feel really stiff, like, like I wanna move this arm and I gotta move that arm. I'm gonna move this toe and I gotta move my head. And now I'm gonna look down, right? It could be very, very, this is how it goes. And yoga can be very like that. Actually, yoga was a very big introduction to me into learning how to move my body how I wanted when I got my own practices in place. And this is why I love my sensual yoga because I can start off sensually and then end up in a dance. I can start off by just moving and ending up in some form of somatic release. I just feel my body and let it move, right? But the first while it's not like that, you're learning your body again. So you might just like stretch out the hips a little, you know, bend forward, go into a downward dog. But over time, if you feel like you're in that downward dog and your 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 hips want to move side to side, it's like learning to rock them and closing down your eyes and just letting them rock. And then maybe your torso wants to move, so just let it move. And then maybe all of a sudden your hands want to go up over your head for a stretch while you're still moving. Maybe they want to touch, maybe they don't, maybe they just want to sway there. And as you learn to slowly listen to that body and let yourself 
become less rigid in it that movement can become really expressive because when we move from that space we're actually moving from our sacral and that's igniting our sexual energy right the minute we do any form of movement we're moving energy around the body and it's free flowing but when we actually listen into the body and let it move in a very flowy way our sexual energy comes online our feminine essence comes online and we're like yes okay just let that happen you know and you'll find yourself stretching out and rolling around on the floor you know maybe stretching your arms overhead and then like rolling around really sensually maybe you have a nice blanket you can put underneath you and you can feel it and letting that movement come through can just feel so fucking empowering and then same with dancing like we keep a lot of shame in our hips and like i like to say to women that in our womb spaces in our sacral we have a snake a kundalini energy snake and it is sleep right and what you want to do whether it's through breath work or movement you want to slowly wake up that snake you don't want to just go in there and like start like twerking around and being like, right, I'm gonna awaken the snake now. We want to slowly do it. We want to slowly bring it up and then imagine it coming up the spine and eventually just like a fire blooming it over us. And that's where we go really intense, okay? So this awaken the snake is really like slow hip flowy movements as if you're just rocking it awake slowly and i really found that me connecting to my movement practices in a way of like this really lights me up i really enjoy this really brought a different narrative to the connection with my body to the connection with myself so i would really advise finding a movement practice even if you do start off with yoga and just connect to your mulabanda where you're like exhaling completely tightening the tummy and using ujjayi breath to really ignite that flame in there that will really help as well so yeah movement has been my big one and i really really encourage it to all my clients to all the women because as well like if you think about it in sex we move right we don't just lie there as a sack of potatoes and if you are we need really need to have a chat (laughs) you and i need to have a chat about learning to move so text me, <laughs> send me a DM, email me, whatever it is you need to do. Let's let's get that dealt with. But like during sex, like we move, right? And we need to get used to allowing our bodies to move freely, not just this rigid up and down and in and out. We want to like let our bodies free flow in sex. And I know for myself, like that was something I really struggled with because it's like, you know, oh, it's all about technique. And don't get me wrong, technique can help, right? When you're struggling, new positions can really, really help. And if anybody really wants to um, explore that, I know Jenny Keane does some really, really good work and I really love her. I've taken some of her courses. But for me, it's about actually just letting yourself get wild. Like get fucking freaky with it. I'm sorry. Like it's just you're not supposed to just lie there or sit on there and be like, right, here we go. Like it's it's just not that way. Um and when you become unashamed around your movement and you just free flow with it, you're more likely to actually be expressive as a person in general. You're more likely to be like, actually, I really want to try X, Y, and Z. And that could be a different fucking fla- flavor of ice cream that does not have to be just in sex. 
but you ignite something in that. So movement was a really, really big one for me. The next one that really, really helps me was energy work or womb work, right? Now, I'm about to trigger the masses, but sure, here we are. I love energy work. I am actually a Reiki master, which I don't tell a lot of people about, right? I actually, I don't even think my best friend knows that. Um, I am a Reiki master and I trained in it. And the reason I don't tell anybody is because I did it for my own exploration to actually see the illusion of certain things. And I will advertise that I perform Reiki and stuff, which is fine, but actually it's whatever energy comes through me that day. Like when I'm grounded, whatever comes through. I've also connected with Sekim. I'm currently connecting with Blue Lotus. I've connected with Rose. I've connected with so many different energies and I bring them into different aspects of whatever is coming up for you. But for me, I could see an illusion that I wanted to get, wanted to not really feed into and maybe i'll do another podcast on that because i won't get into that here but womb work is such a big fucking vital part of what you need to do to clear your sexuality and your sexual energy issues and womb work also comes with the energy work i believe they're they're hand in hand womb work kind of encompasses it all really but like on an energy level the womb work is really, really important, right? That energy work around the room, womb space is really important. Like, you know, we have allowed people touch our bodies, be friends with us, um, step over our boundaries. And I don't just mean sexually, but in general, any form of intimate relationship or hugging or touching or anything is actually a form of, you know, sexual energy. We need to stop pretending that like having a hug from somebody isn't sexual energy. It is. It's intimate connection. It's love. Love is sexual energy, life force energy, desire energy. So with this, we have allowed people into our energy sphere, even just kissing somebody that we don't want to or that we have not been connected with can be a form of this. And we store that in the womb space, right? So we need to learn to clear that all out. We also need to learn to work with her and to ground into her and to feel safe within her because our nervous system ends up there. So if we don't feel safe in general, we're not going to feel safe within the womb space. We're not going to feel safe in our creation energy. It's going to have dulled. If we haven't connected with her, we don't understand our desires. The clit is the only part of the human body that has been built solely for pleasure. There is no other function for the clitoris except for pleasure, right? It is connected to our yoni. Therefore, that's what she is created for. So if you want to connect to your own desires, I mean, she is gonna fucking tell you. She's not gonna lie to you, right? She just isn't. She is run on pure desire. The only person who's lying to you is yourself and your ego. So when we connect with the wound space, it's going to tell us the truth, right? It's going to, like, I can even use her some days to be like, right, oh, what do I want to eat for lunch today? Hmm. Oh, I want avocado. I want strawberries. I want greens. I want turkey mince, apparently. 
some oil. I want to go for a walk. Sit in the field. Mm. Now I'll see I was able to drop into her pretty quickly because I'd just done some work before this. But she will tell you. She will. And this womb work is so important because we hold so much there. There's so much of us. And I see it in, like obviously men do it too because they are sacral, but I particularly see it at the moment in the, in the women working in this space. You can tell a woman who's properly connected to her pleasure and is properly connected to pussy or your womb space or your yoni, whatever name, you can call her foo-foo for all I care. When somebody is actually directly connected with her, you can feel that. I can see it at the moment in the collective where people are saying they're happy and they're living life in pleasure and they truly do believe that, but I can feel that they're not connected to their womb spaces. So this womb work has been such a change for me on so many levels and connecting in with her every day, connecting in with my energy, what is coming up in my field, who is around me, what pleasure do I want? sprinkling little bits of pleasure throughout my day so this womb work has been really really important for this and what comes with that is also breath work so i i actually classify um breath work as energy work as womb work particularly if you're doing it from the womb space so i have various techniques that i use for breath work so we can do it from a place of manifestation and yoni egg work we can do it from a place of like trying to heighten our energy so ovarian breath work heighten our energy i can do it to learn to calm the nervous system to calm the womb space to open the pelvis to incite more pleasure so breath work for me also comes into this energy work because it cleanses and clears the field it also brings in what you're asking for because the only one point of focus that you have is sensation in your body connection to the body and the breath which is life force energy, which is connected to sexual energy, which is connected to our sexuality because it's life force. Okay, it's creation energy. So breath work falls in for me under energy work and womb work. Um, and this has been such a beautiful balance and I do fall in and out of it, right? I'm not the best always at it, but I do try my best. Um, and one of the things that also comes in under womb work is like that nourishing the body nourishing the womb space so whether that's massaging her a few times a day which we are going to do in another masterclass that i have coming up in october and um, womb massaging her doing castor oil packs drinking teas that you know are good for her vitality um coming away from anything perfumed around there wearing better underwear um you know that comes into womb work too um, also with the womb work, we also have like regulating our nutrition, our self-care practices, um, connecting to joy. Like a lot of these are all interlinked. It's, it was actually really hard to separate all these out because all of them are intertwined and interlinked because they all have one common theme, which I think you all might have copped onto right by now, but I'm going to get there. <laughs> um, Another thing then that really, really helped with this was connecting to my pleasure. 
So obviously again, comes from wound work, but actually not always because I think when I speak about pleasure online, when people think about self-pleasure, which yes, is really, really important to understand what you like sexually, it ignites our sexual energy, but it also helps us decide what we like sexually. So it helps with our sexuality. Self-pleasure is obviously a thing. When I talk about pleasure, I think people think I'm a bit mad with it. Like, oh, I'd have to add in all these little things throughout my day. And actually what I've been doing for so long is that, yes, I have a list of things that bring me pleasure and I sprinkle them throughout my day to give my day some pleasure. But actually, can you find pleasure in the mundane? And I think I I did do a podcast about this a few weeks ago, but can you find pleasure in the mundane moments? Like eating an ice cream. Like I get so much childlike pleasure and joy from eating an ice cream. A 99. Only thing I ever need in my life is a 99 ice cream. And it's so pleasurable. It's so much fun. Or if it's a really nice sunny day and you're down by the sea, one of my favorite date nights for myself and Aline, which a lot of people are probably like, that's not a date night, but I think it is, is grabbing a bag of fish and chips or just a bag of chips to share and sitting, looking out at the sea, listening to people walk by kids playing smelling that sea air and just eating some salty fuck ass chips like that brings me so much pleasure cooking i've had a very on and off journey with cooking over the last while and i've started to bring my pleasure back into it and that's something we all do almost every day right cooking eating bringing pleasure back into eating and it's interesting when you connect to pleasure when you eat you will realize that actually takeaways don't taste as nice as the food that you know if you went to a restaurant a nice restaurant or that you you cooked yourself um unless it's chips on the side of a beach that's the only time um but no like you start realizing what you actually do and don't like when you're not eating from a place of emotion you're eating from a place of pleasure and your body will tell you what it wants so finding pleasure has been a big aspect of this work because If you do all the other work, particularly the self-awareness work, the womb work, it can sometimes feel very deep and dark, um, particularly if you're not connecting to pleasure or integrating from a place of pleasure or happiness or joy, right? It can feel like you've just transitioned the crap you're in to different crap you were in and you still feel the exact same way, even though now you're more aware and because you're more aware, you're actually feeling crapper because you can see more, (laughs) which is a a catch-22, right? It's the cycle we all go into. But for me, finding my pleasure was a really big um, and was a really big transition. And I have actually felt that I have now transformed my relationship with my own self-development. And when I do it, the work, I transform quicker now. Okay, I can take sometimes a week or two, but that's because I know it's something deeper and because I am going deeper recently. And from there, I'm now like really transforming things through pleasure when I find it. Also, if I sat two weeks in the absolute shite of it all, I'd fucking depressed. I'd be like, no, thank you. Um, I'd be going back to my numbing practices. (laughs) Um, So finding that can really, really help that pleasure. And then last, but definitely not least, and the biggest thing that's really, really helped me connect back to my sexual energy and my sexuality has actually been cycle syncing so yes it's part of womb work but i also want to bring it out separately and i want to call it out separately 
because it is so much bigger than what people seem to think it is. Cycle thinking is not just learning about how not to get pregnant. And I really, really wish we could get away from that narrative. To me, ovulation tracking is what that is. Cycle thinking is something totally different. So tracking your menstrual cycle or tracking your ovulation is vastly different to cycle thinking. Tracking your menstrual cycle or tracking ovulation is for a goal. Cycle thinking obviously has a goal in it of feeling better, but cycle thinking is aligning yourself behind your cycle, nobody else's, your cycle on a monthly basis, right? And for me, I obviously came off the pill and which also, by the way, has a huge impact on how you feel sexually and your sexual energy. But through cycle thinking, I've been able to identify one, when pleasure is at its highest and where I would prefer, but also it gives you an insight into what you do like throughout the month because it changes, right? We don't like the same old sex throughout the month. We don't like the same old pleasures throughout the month. We don't even like the same movements throughout the month, right? As women, we are vastly versatile and we constantly change, right? We have four weeks of our hormones changing, or sorry, 28 day cycles to 35 days of changes. So we do change as people so often through that. And with that change is what we want, right? So like this week, if you're in your ovulation, you might want a little bit of kink or BDSM or something, right? A little bit more spanking and you're a bit hot and ready. You can have quickies a lot easier. Your body's ready for it. Okay, cool. You're also feeling more social. You're feeling more vibrant. You're probably a lot more magnetic with your sexual energy because you're feeling it. Your body's ready, right? Whereas if you go into the likes of your luteal phase, it might be like, no, I want something a lot slower, a lot more sensual, a lot more time is spent on me. I might even just like more things to be slow in general, like in life. I want to be a bit more sensual with how I move through life. I'm a little bit more tired, so I'm gonna take more rest. It's slowing down. You're coming into autumn season of your, your menstrual cycle. So you need different things at that time of the month. And this will have an impact on our energy, on our sexual energy, because you might not have as much creation going on, or you might, because around like the last few days before we bleed, we're at our most intuitive. So you might feel a lot more creative, but it might be like a slow creation, like a slow burner of like, okay, this is what I want. This is what I want to create. I want to be a bit more on my own this week. I want to give myself more massages. I want to have really hot baths. I want to feel a little bit more self-care. Then your bleed happens and some people don't want to have sex over their bleed. That's fine. You don't have to, or some people do. I personally can't with endometriosis. It doesn't help the pain at all. Um, and if it did, would be an option. But you know, a lot of people will be like, my sexual energy is a little different during my bleed. So I love slowness. I love overindulging. I love, I get very creative on day three and four. Um, you know, I like to do a lot more rituals, which feel a lot better for me. Um, that also ignites my energy, you know, movement practices that really bring me grounded and rooted. I like to move a lot on the floor around my bleed. Um, you'll see it quite a lot where I'm like really rooted down into the ground. So we're a lot more rooted. So we're a lot more in our energy at that point, in our sexual energy, in our creation, because you have to remember we didn't create the baby 
from ovulation. So our body wants to do something with that creative desire energy for next month, for now, right? For this month. So cycle syncing is a really big part of the work that's helped me to reignite myself and come back to my sexual energy because I've also realized that my hormones are out of whack. So sexually, that's going to have an impact, right? But actually, it also has an impact on my energy and my creative energy, on my desire energy, because if I'm feeling lethargic and low, I don't want to create. Nothing's coming through. I don't want to do my practices. I don't feel good in myself. I don't want to move. I'm exhausted just getting up and having a shower is tiring some days. So like that has a knock on effect. So cycle singing has been such a big thing for me and I love learning about it. I'm constantly reading different things. I'm reading books on hormones at the moment. And I'm currently about to work with somebody to help me regulate mine because I've regulated them to a point, but there's definitely something out of whack. for my luteal phase um, it's much it was much better this month than it was last month but I need to figure out what's out of whack to help me have a little bit more consistent energy over the month um, because unfortunately I'm nose diving after ovulation so you know this has been something for me that's been really really important these are the main cruxes of what I have done to help reignite myself and step forward in my sexual energy and reignite it and really take ownership of it. But there is one theme, there's one theme, and there's a reason I've done it this way. There is one theme that has come out through each one of them, and that is body connection. Coming home to our bodies. I'm watching so much disembodiment in the space, and I'm no saint, right? I know there's things that I could embody more. I'm very aware of that. However, I try and I'm aware of it. And I'm constantly, every day, trying to embody more and more and more and more and more and more, right? Probably why my body's so exhausted. There's so much disembodiment out there because everybody wants to do energy work. And energy work is amazing. But if you're going from up here all the time, you're not embodying in here. And it's the same as what we did when we weren't doing the work where you were numbing through alcohol, through drugs, through sex, through food. We are now numbing by using psychedelics, by using 10 cacao ceremonies a month, by, you know, going to everything and anything. Now, obviously, connection is huge and we should have connection to others, but there's no point in us trying to connect with others or getting people to hold space for us if we're not integrating and embodying what we're learning. You know, I'm seeing so much of it where people are like picking up on stuff and then just going, I'm now this. Are you? Do you embody that on a daily basis? And again, I'm no no angel. I know this. And it's not judgment. What it is, is like be discerning with who you're wanting to learn from and say to yourself, is this bringing me deeper into a body connection or is it making me disconnect further from my body? This is what I want people to start asking that question. Is this bringing me further away from connecting with my body or is it bringing me deeper into connecting with my body? Because one of the biggest tantric principles that I'm going to beat the drum on till the cows come home is that we are souls here to have a human experience, not a human here to have a soul's experience, right? We only have this meat suit, this quantum computer for a few years. 
we will energetically be souls because energy cannot be created or destroyed. So we just change state. Our, we energetically as, as beings are going to be here no matter what, but as a person in this body, we have got to stop trying to escape the body. The biggest part of my whole journey with this has been connecting back into my body. It is so important, you guys, and I cannot stress it enough, but I could harp on about this for like ever. And this is already a very hour long podcast for you all. So I'm going to leave it there. I hope you enjoyed this. I really, really would appreciate it if you could share it with whoever you think it might resonate with. And if you're looking to work with me, I've put all the links in the bio. So I hope to see you all soon. I'm sending you all my love and I'm sending you all kisses. Mwah!